This is gaming and BS. 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 I'm the problem with this. I'm going to run it. Words of wisdom, Brett. Very nice. Well done. It's gaming and BS, so we're totally full of shit over on our end. This, again, it goes right back to what we were just talking about. There's so many systems out there. Welcome to Gaming and BS Episode 7. I'm one of the co-hosts, Sean. Brett has the episode off. He put in for vacation and is spending time in the northern woods of Wisconsin. In this episode, it'll be short and sweet. It's the first of our interviews that we uh, that we'll we'd be doing, and it may be something we do in the future, and we'll talk about that in a second. But before I go into that, announcements, none to really put out there at the moment, making it short and sweet for you. But if you have something you'd like us to talk about or something to address, we'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email at gamingandbs at gmail.com. You can drop us a line at our Google Plus community, or even give us a call on the Gaming and BS hotline at 929-BIG-DICE. That's 929-BIG-DICE. Otherwise, if you're on the Twitter, shout out on the tweets. If you want to shoot us one at Gaming and BS, that'd be great. In this episode, we talked to my buddy Alex Kammer, uh, director of Gamehole Con. It's a gaming convention coming up here in Madison, Madison, Wisconsin. It's its second in its second year, and we talked to Alex a little bit about his collection of RPGs and RPG uh, materials, as well as what it takes to put on a convention. We'll do a skill check with Alex, and we'll close the show uh, that way. We hope you enjoy it. So we're sitting here. Uh, Sean with Alex Kammer. Alex is the what I've been terming the head poobah of Gamehole Con. Gamehole Con is going to be November 7th through the 9th here in Madison, Wisconsin. I encourage everybody to come to the convention. Now, Alex, um, why don't you just tell us briefly a little bit about yourself and your gaming background, how long you've been gaming? Sure, sure. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Uh, I, uh, let's see, I, like so many of us, started playing when I was probably 11 or 12 years old. Uh, I played with one of the uh, original D&D uh, intro boxes. Uh, it was the purple box and then quickly transitioned into Messner's red box. So I played with both of those uh, when I was in middle school. I remember distinctly sitting in the 7th grade cafeteria playing with my one D&D friend. <laughs> uh, and then from there... Uh, saved my lawnmower money up and bought the unbelievably and just unreachably cool player's handbook, Monster Manual and DM's Guide. I couldn't believe such things were created, you know, at that age. I remember just staying up late reading them. And so I just played some through high school, but actually I played my most gaming, uh, my most uh, hardcore role-playing in college. Uh, just hooked up with a bunch of guys uh, in the, at the UW-Madison and played a lot. So that would have been in, uh, gosh, I'm dating myself, but that's fine, in the uh, early to mid-90s. Uh, then uh, went, uh, graduated from 
school, went on with life, got a job, all that kind of stuff, and uh, got together just with just hanging out with friends and uh, started talking with uh, some friends about, I don't know how old gaming came up. And a bunch of us realized that we had played back in the day. And we started talking about, gosh, wouldn't it be fun to get together and start playing again? And so we did. And now we've been playing together as a group almost 15 years, for 15 years now, um, pretty regularly, I mean, almost once a week. Uh, so, and, and, so in that, and over that time, gosh, we've played everything, all the editions of d d every sort of RPG there is imaginable, all kinds of board games, you know, everything. So lots of gaming. So the 15-ish people that you play with currently, are any of those from the UW days or no? No, no. These are all guys that, uh, a couple of them went to the UW about the same time, but we weren't friends back then. Hmm. Uh, people I've met since then. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's that's who are the people that make up the game hole, uh, the namesake of game hole con. And uh, the reason that we called it the game hole is because for years it was located in my basement. Uh, we get together there and we played, and uh, that's the, the sort of name sort of evolved. And uh, now it's at a different location, and it's we're there are nine of us total, and the, it's the same nine guys who put on game hole kind of a year. Nice. So another thing that a lot of people don't know and the game hole guys obviously do and we are recording this from the game hole it's true which is not in your basement any longer it's correct correct now it is located above a uh, pub bar restaurant that i own uh, with a couple of my partners uh and i built out a uh, well basically it's a uh, a tree house i would have loved when i was 12 uh, it's a dedicated gaming space with a gaming table and bookshelves and funky lights and you know it's the kind of place that everyone's wife would hate uh and uh that's exactly what the game hole is it's all it's nothing but gaming it's the space that's dedicated for gaming and we love it and we get together here once a week and uh play our games so having said that with the game hole and your love of gaming you have built quite the collection of games that's true that's true um would you consider yourself a formal collector? I would, I would. I resisted that for years, but now I have to admit the truth. Uh, there are, you know, all different sorts of personalities in the world, and I'm one of those nerds that's a uh, completist nerd. So, you know, when I get one or two of something, I have this drive to get all of them for reasons that don't really make a lot of sense. Uh, for example, I'm that way with comic books too, and I've, at least for the last few years, really tried to resist that. Uh, trying to complete my Avengers run or trying to finish my X-Men run. I've been focused on gaming, uh, which obviously is you know, <laughs> has its own expenses as well. So yes, I do have a, a, a significant or substantial collection that I've built over the years. Um, and it's great. I love it. It's been a lot of fun. So what do you think is your, your most prized possession out of the collection? Well, that's, uh, that's a great question. There are... Uh, these things are often ranked by rarity. Mm. There are a lot of things that are just hard to find. Uh, oddball things that only so many were printed of and uh, and so on. So the more rare, uh, at least in most people's view, is the most, uh, most valuable. And that's somewhat true, I guess. Um, so one thing that I have that I'm quite proud of is a... Uh, uh, that I acquired, actually acquired a, just in, within the last year, is this large map of Greyhawk. 
Um, it's actually going to be displayed at Gamehole Con. It's about a nine by nine um, canvas painting. Nine feet. Nine feet by, by nine, nine feet. feet. Yes, yes. Thanks for the clarification. <laughs> it was done by uh, a miniatures company out east, uh, and they were doing business with TSR back when TSR was still TSR in Lake Geneva, and uh, so they did this beautiful canvas. Uh, and uh, I acquired it, and it was kind of in rough shape, and I had it refurbished. And so it'll be on display. That's a rare, one-of-a-kind thing that uh, this company that was associated with TSR at the time uh, put this big uh, canvas together, and so that's that's pretty great. Uh, but beyond that, you know, sitting behind us here is my cabinet where most of my rare stuff is, and, you know, uh, those those things include the original brown box, for example, D&D brown box, if you're familiar with that kind of thing, and then the white box, and... All the old modules, and one of the ones that is probably the most rare that I have um, is a very strange module for the beginner set called Up the Garden Path. Uh, it was a strange module that they that uh, TSR uh, England, uh, TSR UK put out uh, for, I can't remember what year it was, there was a gardening convention, and they created this module for it. And they tried to sell it at the gardening convention, and guess what? Not a lot of gardeners were into D&D. <laughs> so they threw most of them away. And, you know, the numbers vary as to how many they think are actually surviving, as high as 200, as low as 20. You know, and I've got one of those, uh, and that's very rare. Uh, so, in fact, I have one thing, I have one module away from having at least what I consider a complete set. That means everything that, uh, every module and supplement that TSR uh, ever produced. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, and it's takes a lot of time to try to run those down. You know, you have to, uh, so they're, they're all owned by someone. And you have to be patient. You know, sooner or later someone decides they want to sell something because uh, whatever, uh, some financial downturn and they need to make some quick cash. So True. One of these things will hit on eBay and then you have to be lucky enough to find it. So the reason I wanted to talk to you is, one, obviously I'm a big fan of Game Hole. So thanks for putting that on. I know it's not easy work. It takes up a lot of time, but I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about the con. And then because of your involvement with the con, what really goes into that? Because I think some people think that, well, we can put a game day together. We'll have all our friends show up and it'll be just one hoop-de-doo. And and sometimes that works on a smaller scale. You know, you can get together with, you know, 20 of your friends, close personal friends, put on a game day for a good cause or just to do it for fun. But a convention over three days uh, takes some legwork. Yeah, it really does. Uh, it's, uh, well, first of all, uh, the difference between us and I guess a lot of the other large conventions is we're not, uh, we don't do this for a living. Obviously, I have a job, all my other cohorts in the game hole have jobs. So we're doing this truly out of, in, in, in spare time, uh, and f- out of the love for gaming and the love for specifically convention gaming. And we decided to do it because uh, Madison is a great gaming town. I mean, really, it's just amazing. We're so lucky uh, when you look at the great stores we have in town, uh, the great game clubs we have in town, but no convention, no tabletop gaming convention that's really, well, at least in our estimation, are being the game hole. That was a great convention. There's some there's just some nice local uh, game days, and there's some other conventions that have a gaming element, but not a purely focused tabletop gaming convention. So we decided to do it. Um, 
So whose brainchild was it? To Who actually spurred this? Was it you? You say, hey, guys, we should really do something like this because it's not happening in Madison? Yeah. I, you know, I, who actually had the – it was really – we've been talking about it for a while uh, more jokingly. Wouldn't it be funny if we did kind of thing? Hmm. Because we do it our way, which is, you know, over the top uh, in terms of what how attendees are treated and what they get. Uh, really focused on the experience. And wouldn't it be cool if we could do that? You know, we just could we do. We think we really could do it. And finally, uh, we we're looking around at each other and realized, you know, we have the skill sets all here in this you know, sitting around this gaming table. We if we all really decide to do it, we'll each throw in a couple hundred bucks in a hat. Let's take a run at it. And see if we can do it. And uh, that's how it came to be. Um, but you know, you asked about the the time and the logistics and the challenge of running a, a major convention, and it's. That's all those things, you know. It's uh, because there's a lot to it. You have to think it's not just uh, you rent some space in a hotel. You hope people show up. You get some people to sign up games, and you sort of, sort of hope it works out. Well, you can do that, and a lot of small conventions run that way. The problem is, we well, it wasn't a problem. We we wanted to skip the small convention phase. We wanted to go right to being a, a bigger, full service, you know, awesome convention that people walked away and thought, "Wow, that was really great. Everything worked." Uh, you know, when I bought, I got a ticket for this game. I went to where the ticket told me to go. If I had any questions, I had people to ask who were friendly. They, I got to the game and I played a great game, and then I went to my next one. Um, and, and that's what we wanted. We wanted to have you know no no GM no shows. We wanted uh, people to have a great experience. Uh, we wanted everything from our artwork to be cool to our our, our, our programming to make sense to our, our guests being great right away. You know, no limping in with just, you know, get some local guy first. Let, let's get top national gaming talent here. So people come uh, in the first couple of years of Gamehole Con and say, man, I can't believe this. This is this is an experience that I, I would, never would have thought uh, here in Madison that we could go to a convention in the school. And that was our goal. We just wanted to go right to being known as one of the great tabletop gaming uh, conventions in the country. And that's pretty ambitious. Uh now, th- now, this year is your second this year. This is our second year. Second year. Mm-hmm. And now you have a pretty... I mean, the first year you had a very good list of, of, of I guess, for industry insiders or mm-hmm. people involved in the industry. Yeah. And then this year you have the almost you know similar list, even more. Yeah. So who do you have coming this year to Game Hall? Well, we have a total of 18 special guests, so I won't re- give them, tell you all of them, but those, we... we we're very first of all, we're very fortunate to live where we live, where D and D was born. So you have a lot of the old D and D guys still in the area. Sure. So uh, you know the Jim Wards and uh, Ernie Gygaxes and, and Frank Metzners. So they came last year, and uh, it's great to have them back. I mean, they've become good friends, and they're they're wonderful to uh, hang out with. They 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 absolutely love gaming, uh, and they love to run games. They love to hang out and talk about game gaming and games. So they're great guests. Beyond that, uh, we sort of think then, okay. If I were to go to a, a convention, who would I be sort of wowed by? Who would I really want to have a chance to sit down and talk with? Uh, for us this year, you know, Ed Greenwood. We uh, reached out to his camp, and uh, after a little bit of uh, back and forth, so they got to get a feel for who we are and what we're all about, he agreed. And that's a huge get. I mean, he just, there's a limited number of appearances he makes every year. And this is the guy that created the Forgotten Realms and uh, is a very prolific author and. Uh, you know, he's a big deal, quite frankly, in the world of gaming, and so we're really happy to have him. And he's coming from Canada. Yeah, yeah. he's coming in from Canada, so yeah. Uh, you know, and we last year we got uh, 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 
Bill Cavalier, also known as the Dungeon Bastard, because we just think he's hilarious and he's a super good guy. And he's coming back this year. Um, once, once we had such a good year last year, now we have people that are actually contacting us wanting to come. And so it was, became quite easy. You know, people, guys like uh, Jolly Blackburn, for instance, you know, he's the, um, the hack master guy and the Kenzer and company. And the, so he's, he's coming. Uh, we've got uh, folks like uh, Merle Rasmussen, the guy who uh, uh, created Top Secret. Yeah, I'm in, in, I'm in one of his games. I'm going to have him sign my, have my original Top Secret. So. Well, let's, that's funny you say that. Let's really talk about why Gamehole Con is here. And that is because the Gamehole are all fanboys. Mm-hmm. And so what we do is we get to have all these people come out. We get to hang out with them, sign all our stuff, and then everyone else gets to have a great convention too. <laughs> yeah, while you guys are working. Yeah, yes, yes, but we get to hang out with them for a couple of days before. You know, it's going to be fun. You know, for instance, uh, oh, Chris Perkins is coming this year. You know, he's one of the, uh, the primary architects of the newest edition of D&D. He's the one who is now in charge of uh, the setting. He's the setting overlord for uh, D&D 5th edition. So he's the one who is coordinating things like Forgotten Realms. Uh, I, I'm very, I very much hope he'll make a Greyhawk announcement while he's here. Uh, Planescape, all that kind of stuff. Those are all the rumors out there. And he's working on all that kind of stuff. Uh, anyway, we get a chance to have, have those guys run a game for us. And that's really cool. And that's the same experience that most, a lot of our attendees get too. Uh, that uh, that's the one requirement we have of guests. Uh, I, I don't know if you know the author Erin Evans. She uh, wrote. Uh, she's written a bunch of uh, Forgotten Realms novels. Okay. She's coming next year. She's our, one of our guests for 2015. And I told her, as we have only one requirement and one only. You can do anything you want when you're here, but you've got to run games for attendees. And she said, Well, I've never run a game before. I've played a lot of D and D, and I've played a lot of different games. I said, Well, just pick a game that you want. You can run a board game. You can run anything you want, but you gotta you have to be able to sit down with some fans and play a game with them. And she said, that sounds great. I'll do it. So that's an interesting stipulation. I mean, most of the time, some people may go to a con and go, oh, this is the list, and they'll, there'll be a panel. Yep. So I'll go to the panel for an hour right. and Q&A. And... Right. That's what she was expecting. Another one, last, last year we had Jen Page come. Yep. You know, she's a very well-known cosplayer and actress and so on. She'd never been asked to run a game before. And she... she did. She ran a couple of uh, Call of Cthulhu games, and she had a blast. She loved it. And afterwards, you know, I uh, she never told me that she'd never run a game before. Oh, I, I would have guessed she had a, a few times. Yeah, 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 never. And she said that's the first time I've ever been asked to ever run games at a convention. I couldn't believe it. You know, and that's the whole point. It's a tabletop gaming convention. Right. You know, so. Uh, uh, so you not only get to come and see them and meet them, but you get to actually play with them. And mm-hmm. some of them will run games that they've actually created, like Merle for. For instance, which is mm-hmm. yeah, well, another guest that I'm you know very pleased to have this year is, is Stephen Chenault uh, of Castles and Crusades. I mean, this is the guy who was the head of the Trollords. Yeah, Trollord uh, Games. Yeah, Trollord Games. And so, I mean, he does. He's a he's an unbelievable uh, gamer. I mean, he's he's going to run his big game. You know, where he is the he's a DM for fifteen to twenty people, which I can't even imagine. So he's going to run that game, and uh, there'll be all kinds of Castles and Crusades, game, Castles and Crusades games that he's going to run, and some of his some of his other uh, fellow troll lords. Um, yeah, he's a he. I have to comment on Stephen because the first time I met him was at Gary Con. I had no you know badge tickets. I was down in that neck of the woods in Kenosha where my mother in law lived, and I literally told my wife I'm going to go there for the day, take off. I'll probably be there late night, and I walked in, and Stephen was running his. You know, I think I I ran into Tim, 
who, who, who works for Steven on occasion, goes to cons with him. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, you got to join the game. You got to show up. I mean, and I said, well, how many people? And he said, well, it's, I think he's got 16 signed up, but he's gone like 24 before. So you got to you gotta be there. And sure enough, there's Steven in the middle of the table, and he welcomes me at the table. Say, yeah, come on in. Join the fun, you know. And, hey, you got a character? Oh, somebody, guys would sit next to me. Here, let's write one up quick. And uh, the guy was a madman. I mean, in a good way. He's in the middle. He, had, he was like in a U-shaped table set up and uh he'd point at each person okay you're doing this you're doing that gotcha next what are you guys doing over there and uh he ran it superbly well considering there was like 20 people at the table it was phenomenal yeah it's wild it's wild <laughs> to watch him work i'm looking forward to seeing it uh you know all the guys we've talked about so far guys and gals have been in the role-playing games world and that's you know i know you know sean you and i that's what we primarily play uh but uh we also play a lot of board games and that's what we've we've really tried to cultivate with our convention is not to be a role-playing con, not to be a board game con. We really want to have all of the, the four major pillars of, of tabletop gaming, which are, of course, RPGs, board games, miniature games, mm-hmm. uh, and collectible card games. And collectible card games are, is a little difficult because that is such a uh, subset in and of itself. Right. And when you're talking about CCGs, you're talking about Magic. It's and, the, and it's the three hundred pound gorilla, right? And 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 the magic has their own following. They have their own circuit. And the people that are serious really consider themselves magic players, not gamers. They're just a different type of people for the most part. Well, you but can. There's a pro circuit. I mean, you right. can be a professional magic, the gathering player. Yeah, exactly. A, yeah. It's it's wild. And one of our guests, Bob Maher, uh, Bob Maher Jr. Actually, is a, a Hall of Fame uh, magic player, and he was on that circuit for years and. Uh, he's coming as a special guest. Uh, so what we've done with, with Magic is to try to have uh, fun Magic tournaments that aren't uber serious. You know, they're just, they're fun, that they're more designed for the casual Magic player. And there are a lot of those. I know a lot of guys that uh, have, have decks and they play, and but they, they don't ever want to sit down in a serious Magic event because that's just not where they are. You right. know, and where those people are, you know, it's life or death if they win that game. And that's that's not it. That's not what GameholeCon's ever going to be. We're never going to have a Star City event at GameholeCon. It's not going to be that sort of deal. Uh, so that's the collectible card games. Uh, and, you know, we have some other... Uh, Netrunner, I think, technically is a collectible card game. You know, maybe, maybe not. Uh, but we've had other other card-based games, too, that we feature at GameholeCon. And, and for miniatures, uh, you know, we break those down into two camps for the fantasy miniatures which are you know hordes and 40k uh, and then historical miniatures and both are very cool i've never that's my weakest i don't know a lot about uh 40k for example or hordes i mean all the i know just the most basics of that but i've never played them yeah uh, you know you have there are so many hours in the day especially when it comes to gaming uh but we have a very uh, uh robust uh, uh hordes uh group that is is growing within uh, game whole con and that's what I'm very proud of is that this convention can go in whatever direction the attendees and the GM judges DMs want this to go if if you submit uh, you know whatever kind of game it is Star Wars to Hordes to whatever LARP well even right? yes yeah sure. and, it, and if it's successful and people have fun and everyone enjoyed themselves it can grow as big as it can grow. It, we're, we don't have any preconceived notions about this is con. This, this is going to be this kind of con or that kind of con. It's going to be a tabletop gaming convention. But beyond that, uh, we're cool with whatever direction anything goes. Uh, so we're right now probably um, the board games and, and RPGs are probably equally represented. 
and that's probably about 65, maybe 70% of the con, and then the other, the, maybe 30, 35% are miniatures and, and CCGs. Uh, but, you know, who knows? That may dramatically change next year. Who knows? Wow. Yeah, that's that's impressive. And it's good that you guys are open to a lot of those different... Sure. Details. I mean, it's... Yeah, because, I mean, uh, the gamers have... We all know this type of gamer that they think their game is best. Oh, sure. You know, and that if you don't... If you play something else, you play a different edition of D&D, or you play a different RPG, or you play a, a, an older version of a, a board game in your you're an idiot or a loser or something like that and that's just you know that's crazy and uh we're really trying to have a, a big time approach when it comes to gaming i mean these are all variations of the same thing really you know we're all we're all playing more or less the same game with just slightly different rules yeah so how many events do you actually have running this year we are I, this is hard to, i can't believe we're even saying this but slightly over 400 uh and that's mental man i i just uh 400 events yeah 400 different game events you can three days for over three days so it's just packed i mean we've had people contact us we're, we're sitting here in uh late october uh and uh you know we've had pre-registration and, and game submission closed for a, a couple weeks now and we're still getting people wanting to run certain games and we're trying to work them in but we simply do not have room i mean we are at capacity we have we're we're talking about if we did it there'd be tables and hallways and stuff like that wow. it's just mental uh and we also want to make sure there are enough players for those those games, and uh, conversely, enough uh, uh, tables for the players. So we're, right. you know, so it's it's kind of a it's a it's an interesting dance to to try to to make perfectly make make, make go perfectly. Uh, and last year we did a really good job with that. I think we had, um, gosh, I think two hundred and forty total gaming events, and all but maybe two or three went off. There were enough players to go. Maybe maybe it's as high as five, but it was really pretty good. And we had zero no shows for uh, GMs, which is great. Uh, and there's some reasons for that. I think we do a good job of following up with people and making sure that they're engaged and letting them know that you know this is their convention. You know, they're you know we want our our GMs to have uh, ownership. And you know, I think we we do a good job with uh, our, our rewards. Uh, we we have a you should see the pile of loot that we put together this year. I mean it's unbelievable. Really? Oh, it's just a, I'll I'll post something later in the week in the, on our newsletter. But I mean the pile of loot that we put together. See, gaming companies are happy to send you stuff if to, because they want it to go into your library because then it gets checked out and people will use it and it's a good promo for them. But we take all that stuff and put it in a pile and we uh, draw our when GMs after they run games put their names in a hat and pull stuff and they can go to this pile and pull out whatever they want. I mean, it's just crazy. Full full board games, uh, hardbound RPG books. Um, I pulled a lot of stuff out of my collection, actually, this year because I had too, way too much stuff. So, for example, there are at least one or two copies of a battle system and stuff like that that people can just... I mean, those are, those are fairly valuable things that you can just, for running a game, you can just walk home with. Uh, and we think that's great because the GMs are a reason why our con's great. I mean, if you don't have good games, you don't have a good gaming convention. It's right. just that simple. So you're going to give stuff away to GMs for GMing. Right. Is that, is it a raffle system or? Yeah, it okay. is. It is. It is. Uh, you know, and it's, I can't, I don't know exactly how uh, it's, our, my friend Josh, who is our director of gaming, is going to be running that. And I, I don't remember exactly how many times per day it's going to go, you know, if it's going to be every slot or whatever. But the, the goal is to get rid of that, all that stuff to go to GMs. So he'll have it figured out so everyone We'll have a good shot at taking a home. Nice. pretty cool prize. Well, here's the hope. I'm running two games, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll yeah. see how it goes. Now, and and I, you guys treat GMs pretty well. Now I, th- now, I think last year I was sitting at a table playing, 
They, Michael from Dead Gamer Society was running the game. You guys come around with a cart. Mm-hmm. Hey, you need a water, soda? Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. You, don't, you don't get that at some of the bigger cons. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, you know, it's pretty simple the way that we try to do everything. And that is, if we were to have our own convention, how would we like X to be handled? Sure. And that's the answer then. So when I run games at conventions, it's really nice to get offered a bag of pretzels and a bottle of water. That's cool. So let's do that. Uh, it's when I attend a convention, it's really nice to get an envelope that contains my badge, my game tickets, and a schedule. So I know exactly where everything is. And with a program that has cool stuff in it. That's what that's what I expect. That's what I'd like to have at every convention I go to. Sure. We often don't. So that's what our attendees get. It's just I mean, that's just the, the our our focus, that's our mantra. I mean, it's just what is what do what would what, how do we want to be treated when we go to, when we run games and attend? So you always said like you hinted at two hundred and seventy games last year. Yeah, two forty two, I think was the number. And we're more than double this year. Now, so that goes into my next question. Where do you see game hole? Because you've already said 2015. So you've already, yep, we've got it down for next year already. Yeah, we. I can tell you the dates. The dates for next year will be November 6, 7, and 8. Uh, the question is exactly where. We're looking at two larger facilities. Uh, it's possible we're back at the shared. And the shared, first of all, has been wonderful. I mean, those people are so nice, uh, accommodating. I mean, we do things like... Uh, uh, if, if you've been an attendee to Gamehole Con in the past, then this is the same going to be this year. Same thing. Uh, for ten bucks, you get a, can buy a soda cup, uh, a Stein. Actually, it's a commemorative Stein with our logo on it and stuff, and it's it's pretty cool. And you get free refills of soda all all convention long. I mean, there are not a lot of facilities who want to do that. No, I mean that's just a free for all. It just becomes a mess. And so uh, they were a little overwhelmed last year by it. So this year, there there's a Starbucks in the lobby. They're installing a new soda fountain system right there for us just because of our convention. Just for you guys. Just for us. Uh, because they, the bar and the restaurant were overwhelmed last year with all the gamers and, and getting soda. So we're going to have much better access to soda this year. And that, that's what I mean. They're just really nice. And But the space is the space. It's only so big. Right. So, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes this year. Uh, and if, if it looks like we can hold it there again next year, we, were, we have those dates saved there. Uh, great. It's unlikely, though. I mean, it's really unlikely considering the growth we've had, and we're going to more than we're, we're probably going to approximately double our size from one to two, I think, to next year. Yeah, I think so. Wow, I think so. Um, so if that happens, we got to go to one of the bigger facilities uh, in town. Um, the Sheridan is one of the bigger hotels, so you really have to go away from hotels. And those, the two that are out there, are the Alliant Energy Center uh, and the uh, Monona Terrace, and they both have pros and cons. Uh, and we've got space reserved in both over that weekend uh so it's going to be that weekend at one of those two places or possibly Sheridan. okay yeah and you met i know some people's ears might have perked up just a bit you mentioned a bar at the sheridan so there's you can actually drink beer oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah that's one of the things we do is the the sheridan has a a nice little hotel bar and uh last year we had a beer special and there'll be one this year too (laughs) they're getting ready to let us know it's probably it'll probably be spotted cow again uh which that's very popular uh, and they had a much reduced uh, uh, pint glass for that for, for the entire con, and but they sold the hell out of it last year. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they're willing to do it again. And either place we go at the uh, either Sheridan or the the uh, Monona, Ter- excuse me, the uh, Lion Energy Center or the Monona Terrace, one of the first <laughs> negotiating points was so. How do you handle bar setup? And the answer is whatever you want. So there will be plenty of adult beverage opportunities wherever we are next year too. <laughs> So 
game hole, second year, growing larger, mm-hmm. getting bigger. But there's advantages to something like this compared to Origins or the the monster of them all, which is Gen Con, mm-hmm. or even PAX mm-hmm. is getting bigger as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <clears throat> maybe going into comparing the two and, and good or bad, it's just there are differences between sure. two venues, right? Sure. And I think Gen Con this past August said they doubled their attendance since they started in Indianapolis, which mm-hmm. I think was 2004, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. Yeah, because I was there that first year they moved, and uh, it's it's unbelievable now. Uh, it, you know, and uh, I guess there, when you're you get into running conventions and you think I want to have the biggest convention, you know, maybe that's people have that aspiration. And, uh, we we don't. Uh, we we we're happy to have it grow bigger, but it's going to be only as big as we can run it the way we want to run it. Mm-hmm. We don't ever want to have it to be a corporate con. You know, it's just, a, we, again, we have jobs. You know, I don't need to let it get to that point where we are, um, where, it, where it feels like it's mass-produced or cookie-cutter. You know, we are, we're always going to have cool art uh, and, and, and a cool energy and uh, have it be fun and personal. And you can always, if you have a problem with something that's going on in, in your, your game schedule, you can always send me an email and I'll fix it. Uh, or one of the other guys will fix it. That's always going to be. We're always going to have that level of attention. Uh, and when it gets <clears throat> to to to, be, to the size where we can't do that anymore, then we'll have to explore uh, capping it or whatever. You know, sure. but we're not there yet. And uh, there's also a, a, an economy of scale. Once you get bigger, you can do more things. Uh, you can uh, you first of all attract the attention of uh, other. Uh, Publishers that want to get involved, and again, not for the sake of making money, but to provide cool things for our, for our attendees. For example, from year one to year two, because the troll lords sent one of their guys to run some games, and he re- reported back, "Oh, it's awesome!" Now all the troll lords are coming, sure, because they want to be part of it. That's cool. Now our attendees get an opportunity to play with some, you know, some great uh, some great guys and have. Uh, have a, a troll lord booth in the in the dealer hall, so they can go talk to the guys who wrote and and produced all that material directly. You know, we have a lot of the big names from Goodman Games coming. You know, Michael Curtis and all those folks. I mean, that's because we were great last year. And so that's what I want. I want to have uh, the, to get be to get bigger, so it attracts attracts the top talent. So the midwestern, the upper midwestern gamer, can go to Gamehole Con and have go quite frankly be exposed to a, a, a guest panel that's better than any other convention in the country where they still have access to those people you know it's not like you have to wait in line for half an hour get a quick signature and move on uh you know if you're walking around our convention you can talk to any of these guys and they're happy to sit down and talk to you for five minutes and they'll they love it and that's why that you know we let people know that too we let our uh our, our guests know that you can't go hide in your hotel room you've got to be out and about you've got to you, again, you got to play these games, but other than that, you've got to be at the convention, and that's why you know we tell that to everyone. I told that to Ed Greenwood's camp, and that's quite frankly the reason why he signed on immediately. He said, I love hanging out, I love playing games, I love just being with gamers. That's going to be so much nicer than uh, trying to fight a deadline or something like that. It's it's a it's a break for him, uh, and that's how our con is always going to be. So I don't know what the future holds. Uh, I'm sure we're going to grow, but uh, to how big, you know, I don't know. We'll just. We'll see how it goes. So you're making the the or the the guests uh, of honors accessible, which mm-hmm. is really nice, and they're approachable. And you've met a lot. I mean, you know these guys. You've mm-hmm. sat down not only at Game Hole, but I've seen you at other cons and mm-hmm. talked to Frank and real approachable. Mm-hmm. 
having said that and met a lot of different industry personalities, is there one that kind of strikes you as, you know, not, not to say that anybody's less friendly than the other, but is anybody kind of stand out in your mind or become kind of a, a personal friend of yours through this whole experience? Sure. Sure. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, that's one of the, the, the real joys for me in this is, uh, first of all, again, at the beginning of the day, and I think you did a nice job of when you're introducing me, I'm a gamer. The end. You know, that's it. <laughs> Alex Kammer. Yeah. Gamer. No, yeah. All my other professional accomplishments, which are great. Uh, you know, my wife is, you know, she said that I, she often will say she, he's married to me, but he's also married to gaming. And it's true. I just I really enjoy it. I just love gaming. And I love the people who, uh, who are involved in the industry. So through the, uh, through Gamehole Con, it's afforded me awesome opportunities to get to know some of these people as you pointed out and uh, some of them I've become quite close with quite frankly uh, uh, you mentioned Frank Frank Messner has become uh, one of my favorite people in the world he's such a nice guy and he's been so supportive of everything that we do and you said such nice things about us and uh, you know I've had dinner with he and his wife they've come up and we've hung out and uh, it's just they're super nice people um, another guy who I've you know I'm happy and proud to call a friend is uh uh, Tom Lommel is the actor who plays Bill Cavalier, the Dungeon Bastard. I mean, what a nice guy. What a great guy. Uh, and, uh, you know, when we were down in Gen Con this year, we hung out with him and some of his friends. You know, uh, it was actually the Wednesday night before Gamehole Con. It was great. And uh, you get to know these people as people, and they are people. They're just gamers. Right. They're just gamers who happen to do this for a living, and some with varying degrees of success. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's that's been really fun. And so that's. You know, people like that, like Frank and, and Tom, uh, you know, we want them to come back every year because they are now our friends. You know, we want them to be part of this family as it grows. And, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been very cool, very fun. So aside from Game Hole and getting, you know, we've, we've talked about Game Hole a lot, and we know that there's a lot of, of details that go into it. But so if, I, if somebody said, hey, I, you know, Alex, I'm going to talk to you because I'm thinking about maybe trying this. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Would you tell them to run away? No, you know, I get asked <laughs> that. You know, it's funny that um, but the other guys in the game hall are, are, are make fun of me sometimes about the, that I should write a book. Uh, about how, how to put on a game how, how to Yeah, and, or how to do a convention, period. You could do, you know, pick the subject, you know, and, and there's, a, there's, a, there's a right way to do it, I think. And uh, uh, no, no, I wouldn't tell someone to run away from it, but I would, I would tell them to uh, approach it with both eyes open and understanding the uh, time uh, and and the time commitment and the energy commitment, uh, it's just a big big ass job, man. It's just a lot lot goes into it, um, and you should never do it yourself. That's one thing. If someone said, "I want to go run a convention," I have this idea. I'd say you're out of your mind. You're absolutely out of your mind. You need a team. You need people to do. If it's especially you know for gaming, there's so many parts of it. Uh, we have. These are again just my gamer friends who are in the game hole. So let's let's call them out. I mean, yeah. you know, I I know you and I know Josh and mm-hmm. I know Mike and yeah. and Andrew and those guys. Mm-hmm. So let's just put a put them out there and give them a shout out. Yeah, let's see. Uh, Josh is one of uh, he is the director of gaming, and so he's the guy who, when you submit an event to Gamehole Con, he's the one who reads it, uh, figures out uh, where it can go, and put first of all slots it in terms of time, and finds a table for you of the right size and shape. With all the other size and shape requests to so fit he, in a given room. he's the guy that I go to and I say, hey, I want a bowl of M&M's and I want them all with just green M&M's. <laughs> right, right. Because right, right. I'm going to come and run events at yeah. your counter. Right? Exactly, exactly. And, you know, 
thankfully I've got a guy like that who can do that. Because, I mean, again, if I had to do that all myself, there's no way I could do it. It's simply impossible. So he's, he's a, a, you know, done a wonderful job with that. Uh, so he's the guy who's our director of games. Uh, Mike, Mike Mahalis is our special guest coordinator. He's the guy who, when we bring people here, first of all, he's the one who um, does, handles most of the communications with them when they have questions about, you know, where's my room and all that kind of stuff. Sure. And when they're here, uh, he makes sure that they have, you know, rides to the airport, um, that they, they, they have a schedule, that uh, if they need anything while they're here, you know, walking to their games, making sure they get to the right table, all that kind of stuff. He does all that. Uh, basically, uh, we try to do as nice of a concierge type service. I was going to say he's the con- he's the game hall concierge. Yeah, he yeah. is for our special guests. That's what he does uh, when when the con's on. Uh, we have a director of marketing, Jason Knutson, uh, a lawyer like me, uh, but he uh, and he does a great job with that. I mean, it's that's another thing where you have, we put together a, uh, a prospectus. Uh, that people, if you want to be a, a sponsor, you want to buy a, a, a page in our in our uh, program, someone's got to put that together and it's got to make sense. Uh, I have oversight of all that. I'm the director of the convention, uh, uh, and I look at it all. And one, when it comes to especially marketing, uh, we we're ridiculously cheap. We're how much we charge for things, and that's on purpose. You know, we don't. You know, we, we're just not a, a for-profit con. Uh, but Jason is the one who's always putting that stuff together and does a great job of. Uh, uh, of getting uh, you know the dealer hall filled up so fast this year I mean that's just it's absurd we were I mean, by May we're sold out and, uh, and it's because he did a great job put a nice prospectus together and said here's what happened last year here's what's going to happen this year I mean we're going to have enthusiastic cool gamers and lots of them why wouldn't you want to put your products in front of these people and you know so that's why that that's worked out well so touching on that before you go on to the next few people yeah. if somebody were interested in advertising for game hole mm-hmm. obviously we can put up something in the show notes and links to people for 2015 mm-hmm. but when does that start it starts right away i mean unfortunately and that's what's that's the other thing i'd tell someone who is interested in getting into a convention it's not a it's not a it's three months before your convention i better start thinking about it yeah it's a year-round thing it's just you're, you go into different you're fortunately different energy levels and different time levels but Right as soon as uh, Gamehole 2014 is done here in a couple of weeks, we're going to be working on getting that information out because we're, we're going to have a dealer hall that's going to have however many spots in it, and that's going to sell out. And so if you want to get in, you're going to have to try to get in early, and so we got to get it to people right away. So what would you, to your question, if you want to exhibit at Gamehole Con, you should contact us tomorrow and get on the list, our email list, so you can get a copy of this perspectives and you can decide if you want to you know, be a, an official sponsor if you want to have a page in the program, whatever it is that you want to do. Okay. Because these things, uh, you know, it's it's amazing how quickly they sell. I mean, we we had to turn away. Uh, we could have filled our dealer hall twice over. No kidding. Yep. It was just uh, people uh, and late too. I'm amazed some people contacting us a month. But what do you think? I mean, we're going to have space. I mean, right. it's, it's a little wild. Huh, it's a small kind of mess. I suppose. Right? I suppose. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so, but uh, yeah. So that that's going to start up right away and. In uh, in uh, later November and December, hopefully by uh, mid mid December, that's out, and so people can make decisions. You know, um, and there are people that we want. You know, local game stores. We want all those folks to be back, and we're always going to make a special provision for them. We want this is this is all about local gaming. So you know, great stores like Pegasus and I'm Bored and those folks. We want them to be there with us every year because they they were been supportive of us from uh, day one. So that's the that's the marketing side. And, and Jason, well, one thing that he did great this year, which is a wonderful thing that he brought on. Is a charity partnership 
with uh, Second Harvest Food Bank. I saw that on the website. Yeah, and it's something that we're very proud of, and we're going to be able to get them a nice check at the end of this. And that's awesome. I mean, I think that, that our attendees should be proud of that, too, that you can, uh, that we are able to, through what we enjoy doing so much, can provide something that is of real tangible benefit to, and addressing a real need. And Second Harvest is a food bank. It's a food right. bank addressing uh, hunger in uh, south-central Wisconsin. And uh, they're, you know, it's we all know what the world's like today and what the economy's like and uh, the, the, those that are less fortunate than us, and that's just a constant need. I mean, there's never too much of that. And uh, so, you know, for, for to, to take that example, uh, the uh, Dungeon Bastards game, the world's worst dungeon crawl that he did, uh, he, he did a Kickstarter on, and he did it last year at... Um, Gen Con, he's going to run that for us, and all proceeds are going to go to Second Harvest. So uh, what we did was uh, made there are six spots available. Four of them could be purchased for fifty dollars each, and they went immediately sold out immediately. Uh, so already two hundred dollars, and then the other two spots, we we're going to have a uh, a random entry. So anyone who wants to try to get one of those random entry spots has to put 20 bucks in a hat and then uh, the dungeon bastard is going to roll some dice and whoever wins wins it gets to sit down and take those two last two spots and all that money is going to go directly not i mean every single penny of it is going to go to uh to second harvest and we'll have some other things we're doing uh proceeds of the overall con we're donating and all that kind of stuff so that's really cool and that's again jason did that there's no way myself on my own or any person on their own could have the time to go do something that nuanced when you're dealing with the convention of the complexity that ours is. Yeah. Uh, so then from there, you know, we have guys that break out. Uh, oh, the other big one, and i get got to give a shout-out to uh, Royce Thigpen. He's the guy who has built our website and runs it, uh, and we've got a tremendous website. You know, it took a, took a lot of work for all of us. I mean, uh, Royce is a, is a true uh, programmer, you know, and so when it c- comes to the thematic the themes and the the the, the way the, the site looks that was all us that were working collaboratively say hey royce we we want it to look like this instead and you know it just took a lot of time but as far as a site that works i mean to have a site that has a uh, a games list that you can go in and buy tickets and then have it have those tickets uh you could pay for them uh, and have that actually work it's tremendously right. complicated. Yeah. I mean, you should, uh, you, you know, this. We've been to all kinds of small cons, and there's a lot that fails all the time. The site crashes or doesn't work. Or there are some very, very, very large cons yeah. where that that happens to fall apart at the last minute. Yep. And so we have, we're fortunate that uh, in the game hole, not surprisingly, we have a lot of real tech people. You know, we've got some uh, Cisco people and so on. So yeah, they right. know what they're doing. Yeah. And that's again, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's not my strength. Uh, we have a, a tremendously powerful and optimized website that's first of all cool looking, but really functional, and uh, that's 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 Royce um, all the way there on that. And then from there, you know, we've got uh, you know Andrew Hitchcock. He uh, is works on uh, the game side. Uh, we have uh, Ryan Quint who does a lot of the marketing stuff uh, with. Uh, he's working on things like shirts and all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, Eric Engblom, who is an, an accountant, <laughs> and so he's our accountant. Uh, so he, that's invaluable, and he is the one actually who is requisitioning all the stuff that goes to the Gem uh, Awards. He's out there contacting, you know, Chaosium and Kenzer and Wizards and everyone, saying, "Hey, give us stuff so we can give it to our uh, our GMs." Um, I'm trying to think if I'm missing anyone. 
I'm uh, looking up at the wall and see if anyone... Oh, Sean Riley, he's the guy who designs... You see the badges that you'll get this year, and there's some pretty cool designs. He's the one who puts those all together. Uh, and uh, I think that's it. I think we've covered everyone. So, And it is a real collaboration. I mean, uh, it's it's just too big of a job to do uh, uh, by oneself, and I'm, I'm very proud to be the director of it, and I have my hand in pretty much everything, but... It's not me. I mean, that's a lot of a lot of smart guys who are who are doing it with me, and that's that's why it works. It's great, great stuff. Go to gameholdcon.com. Um, it's too late to register. It's closed. Yep, pre-registration's closed. Yep, you'll have to walk up, and uh, you know we, we're ready to roll. Though I mean, we're gonna have uh, uh, a badge printer there and you know we could take all your information and get your process quickly i mean that's the way to just even that piece of it when you have never done something like that and you have to think your way through okay we're gonna have a hundred people come in and try to get them a badge within 10 minutes you know so you capture their information and get make sure it's accurate and you print the right badge that you want and process the payment and get that done and then get them to their games it just it took some some doing you know and uh and so if you haven't registered uh, you can walk up and uh, I assure you that it'll be it'll go quickly and then you can step right to our games get desk and see our friends Josh and Andrew. We'll have we're doing some pretty cool tech things this year. We have a, a large screen monitor that's going to be scrolling available games. You can look at that oh, and very pick, nice. yeah, pick what you want. Uh, there'll be uh, big wall posters of all the available games and there'll also be individual uh, smaller uh, basically handout things that you can pick up and flip and decide what games you want. Go to the games games desk. Tell one of those guys what you want. Get that ticket, and off you go. Uh, yeah, it's uh, I'm really looking forward to it. So am I. <laughs> it's yeah, good. It's, it's gonna be cool. Well, I think we've talked about game hole quite a quite a bit. Yeah. So now you are the first the first guest we've had on the podcast. Oh, I'm honored. Yeah, I the first that. one. So when we look back ten years from now <laughs> on episode. 100, 500 or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm just hoping to be in your entourage at that point. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. So one thing we put together is our our, our um, iteration of what's called skill check. Mm. All right, and this is you're the first one we're running this by. Okay. All right. Let's so see how it goes. skill check. This is where we basically throw five questions at you. Okay. And you answer them any way you want. All right. Hopefully, with that, that pertains to the actual question. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I won't do the politician dodge. All right, fair enough. <clears throat> All right, so we'll start out. GM or player? Uh, I'll go GM. You're GM. All right. So um, as GM, you do uh, screen or no screen? GM screen or no screen? You know, I've gone. I've done them both. Uh, the screen I like. Uh, I've used a lot over the years because I can. Uh, what I would do is create. Uh, you know the pre the pre made screens have all kinds of stuff on the back. I almost never use them, and I would paper clip information about the game I'm running. My of course my map and stuff like that. But a, a, a spreadsheet on the players if I'm keeping track of all my classes, hit points, and all that kind of stuff. And you know I did that for years, but now uh, I've gone no screen in the last two years or so. Uh, anytime I run a game, uh, when I'm in the game hole, we I usually still have a screen just because it's. Sort of almost a permanent fixture on our table, but when I play a run a game at a convention or at a store game day, I go screen free. Uh, and the, you know the thing that is that I found that I've that's interesting about it um, is when you're behind the screen. It, as a as a DM GM, I really don't like to kill characters. I just don't like it. Uh, I like to push the the party up to the brink to get them a real sense of danger that this could happen. Oh my gosh, we're we gonna get through this. But I want everyone to succeed. 
But when you're doing open rolls, they're open rolls, and yeah. I can't. And I would fudge rolls so I'm not killing someone right. if I if I could. And uh, not know, anymore. Those not are, anymore. That's and yesterday. I, yep, yep. And uh, so that is what it is. And uh, so uh, the players can see exactly how bad or how well I'm rolling, and that's that's the interesting change I've noticed in that. And that's fine. So P- PC death, mm. great for story, or please don't kill my guy. Yeah, you know, I, I I've played as much as I've GM'd and I, you know, having a character killed sucks. It's uh, it's not fun. Uh, unless you really deserve it or if you're, you know, really pushing it and you know your actions are likely to lead to death and so be it. Uh, I, I don't like killing characters as I mentioned before. I don't think it's, uh, it's, a, it's a great thing. Uh, people put a lot of time and thought and you know, try to breathe life into their characters uh, and it's, uh, you know, I've sat there and thought, oh, okay, well now I'm going to start over with something completely different and that's fine too. But uh, so I, I, uh, I'm more in favor of, uh, of, uh, of, I'd rather maim a character and give them a, uh, give them something else to, to add flavor to their, to their, to their character going forward. You know, some, they have a limp or something and <laughs> just take the character away entirely. Your character's alive, but has no arm. That's right. Right. Or, you know, has, develops uh, some condition, which makes it difficult, you know, if it's uh, whatever, agoraphobia or whatever, something odd happens and uh, that's... I think that's something that that is lost. I'm seeing, and maybe I'm getting older. Obviously, I am, but on uh, on newer players that, especially uh, those who want a power game, characters I've always found the most interesting characteristic are their weaknesses. Yeah, you know, and playing to your character's weaknesses is more fun, I think, than being you know kicking ass all the time. Everyone wants to kick ass, and there's nothing wrong with kicking ass. But you should also have an Achilles heel. You should have something that that you're afraid of, or you don't do well. Or whatever, and so when I when I DM GM, if someone's a half orc barbarian, well, good luck getting into town, right? You know, yep. you ugly mofo. I mean, what do you think? Right? You, you think exactly. you're just be welcomed in the inn? Yeah. Come on, yeah. that's not realistic. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I think the whole part, all that, should be played in, and you should have this, the, the weaknesses of characters are, are important too. Uh, modules or original content? Yeah. I have played a lot more modules than original content. How about running? Running, yeah, probably same. Probably a lot more modules, and it's really a time factor than anything else. Recently, in more re- in the last couple of years, I've done more original content, and uh, there's no question. If you're asking me which is better, I think original content's better when you can use the modules to borrow stuff from, you know, borrow a sequence of rooms or borrow a cool trap or something like that. But uh, when you have your own story to tell. Uh, I think you're just a better storyteller because it's yours. It's something that you thought of. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, I run lots and lots of modules because they're, especially a lot of the old D&D ones are cool and they're well-written. Well, they're at least, they're, they're, in theory, they're well-written. They're maybe not grammatically. But uh, they, uh, uh, but you can have a lot of fun with those too. And especially, I, so I guess you can, maybe some combination is a terrible answer, but you take a module and you make it yours by changing things around in it and you change the sequence of whatever you invent your own story hooks and and run it as if it were your own that's that's a great thing to do game balance or screw it screw game balance or game balance i'm a game balance yeah 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 i like a balanced game just because i think that uh it's more fun it's more dangerous it's more real it's more challenging um you know that's 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 me on that one okay uh favorite genre to run um, I'm a big D&D guy I always have been 
but you know what? I think uh, last year I probably would have answered this differently. I think my favorite genre, and if I'm answering the question correctly, mm-hmm. so I'm thinking more system really, is uh, Call of Cthulhu. Okay. Horror. Uh, because it's it is as I've gotten you know been a player and a GM for years and years, uh, the more open type of system, the less restrictive system where you can sort of do what you want as the DM or, or judge is great. And gosh, Call of Cthulhu is could not be more open. I mean, you just do what you want and you put your story together and you spin it out and it's a gassed run. It's a gassed run. And that's a big reason why I and the rest of the game hall are big fans of the new edition of D&D, because it's a simpler system uh, that's more open and uh, more accessible and more more freewheeling. You can do what you want with it, and that's that's great, instead of being so you know, uh, pigeonholed with a lot of the other more rules-heavy systems. And that's, again, just my point out, too. All right. So that's it for skill check. Okay, I hope I passed. I think you passed. All right, good. Oof, well, fine colors. Yeah, no pressure. So I think that wraps up the interview with Alex Cameron of GameholeCon.com. Alex, anything last minute you want to plug, put yourself out there, how people find you, or anything else you want to put out there before we sign off? Uh, not really. I hope that uh, I just mentioned you know our convention, and I hope that if you're uh, an avid tabletop gamer, that you at least give us a look, swing by the Sheridan, and just peek your nose, and if nothing else. Uh, our site, as Sean has so kindly stated several times, is uh, GameholeCon.com. If you just Google GameholeCon, it'll pop up immediately. There's not a lot of GameholeCons out there. Uh, and uh, give us a look. Uh, we are uh, very focused and dedicated on putting together an awesome gaming experience for people like me. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to serve me as the imaginary attendee, uh, and I'm pretty picky about the kind of things that I want and the way I want my con experience to go. So I hope you'll come and I think you'll find you'll be pleasantly surprised that uh, a convention that just sprouted out of nowhere um, you know provides a pretty pretty awesome experience well I can't thank you enough for taking time out to talk to us Alex I know that well with the con being about a week and a half away you definitely have your hands full yeah so thanks thanks so much and thanks for inviting me back to the game hall to record this no, no problem no problem All right.